It's a great pleasure to be with you this morning in Lim. I have to be honest, I'd never heard of Lim. I come from, <laughs> I come from Wembley, Wembley Harrow area, and I really enjoyed being here this last couple of days. I had the pleasure of meeting Jonathan and Claire yesterday and met Chris. So I consider it a privilege to be able to share God's word uh, this morning. Uh, I passed through a church in Wembley where I've been for a long time, married with three grown-up children and seven grandchildren. Uh, I'm going to read from <clears throat> 2 Chronicles chapter 15. 2 Chronicles chapter 15. It's a great passage in the Old Testament. And um, I read a, a book once by, uh, you can take my mic down slightly. Because uh, if I hold it closer, I get very loud, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, I read a book by an Australian theologian, and um, he listed all the revivals that they've been in the church, and he went right back into biblical times and actually listed 2 Chronicles 15 as a revival time in the kingdom of Judah. So, <clears throat> verse 1, Now the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded, and he went out to meet Asa and said to him, Hear me, Asa. Asa was a great-great-grandson of David <clears throat> and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. You know, throughout the Bible, that's a, a phrase that's used again and again and again. God promises if we seek him, we will find him. <clears throat> For a long time, Israel has been without the true God, without a teaching priest and without the law. But when in their trouble they turned to the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found by them. In those times there was no peace to the one who went out, nor to the one who came in. But great turmoil was on all the inhabitants of the land. So nation was destroyed by nation and city by city, for God troubled them with every adversity. But you be strong, and do not let your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded." When Asa heard these words and the prophecy of Oded, the prophet, he took courage and removed the abominable idols from all the land of Judah and Benjamin and from the cities which he had taken in the mountains of Ephraim. He restored the altar of the Lord that was before the vestitube of the Lord, and he gathered all Judah and Benjamin and those who dwelt with them from Ephraim, Manasseh, and Simeon. And they came over to him in great numbers from Israel when they saw the Lord his God was with him. So they gathered together Jerusalem in the third month, in the 15th year of the reign of Asa. And they offered to the Lord at that time 700 bulls and 7,000 sheep from the spoil they had brought. And this is a key verse. They entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul. And whoever would not seek the Lord God of Israel was to be put to death. How would you like to belong to that church? You come to the prayer meeting or... And uh, <laughs> the kings had those kind of authority. And everyone had to come to pray or else. And uh, in verse 14, they took an oath before the Lord. Look how seriously they took this call to prayer. With a loud voice, with shouting and trumpets and ram's horns. And all Judah rejoiced at the oath. For they had sworn with all their hearts and sought him with all their soul. And he was found by them. And the Lord gave them rest all around. You know, and uh, in verse 18 says, He brought into the house of God the things that his father dedicated, and he himself had dedicated silver and gold, etc. Uh, interesting passage. 
the prophet Azariah, uh, you know, the Spirit of God comes on him, and he brings a word to the king, King Asa, the king of Judah, that, uh, you know, that for they had not been seeking God. You know, I remember I had a dream once many years ago, and a man of God in a dream came up to me and pointed at me and said, you have not been seeking God. You need to seek him for seven days. And um, here the prophet uh, was saying, you know, that they had uh, for a long time Israel was without the true God. That sounds like a complete contradiction. Israel, God's people, didn't have God manifest in their presence. Uh, It didn't have God's manifest presence with them. And the prophet is saying for a long time Israel was without the true God. God's people were without God. Isn't that strange? Uh, They were without proper teaching and they were without the word. And the results were all kinds of confusion, problems, disturbances, difficulties, afflictions, depression, sickness, lack. And they, were, they had um, all their problems increased because of the fact they did not seek God. In fact, it was also leveled against King Saul that in his problems he didn't seek God. He sought something else. And uh, it's a promise throughout Scripture that if you will seek the Lord... Uh, you will find him. Now, one of the things I do, I I have the privilege of doing seminars on prayer, and I've traveled a lot to many different countries. I challenge people to seek God every day. And, uh, you know, and I believe Scripture and Jesus uh, exhorts us in Scripture to spend time, quality time with him every day. And, um, you know, I challenge people uh, to spend an hour with God every day. Uh, quality time. Uh, yesterday, I related a whole story that I can't this morning because of time. But my daughter, Angela, when she was 12 years old, went to high school. She was bullied by five girls. And uh, it kind of carried on for a few weeks. And we didn't know what to do. And I called Angela over. And I said, Angela, I'm going to teach you to pray for an hour. Because that's something that God had spoken to me about every day. So uh, she was up for it because of the bullying that was going on. I broke it down into three, three sections, and the, one of the sections was to read the Bible for 20 minutes. I made it easy for her. And uh, she started to pray one hour a day after several weeks of you know, problems in school. And within a week, all the girls that were bullying her stopped bullying her and actually became her friends. As a pastor and as a Bible school principal, I've seen how... People's lives have changed when they commit to seeking God on a daily basis. I've seen how my own life has changed as well. But here, the people of God had all kinds of problems because they did not take time to seek God. In verse 8, you know, King um, Asa was a good king. In verse 8, he didn't initially call the people to pray. He initially dealt with what was stopping them from praying. In verse 8... When Asa heard these words and the prophecy of Oded the prophet, he took courage and removed the abominable idols from all the land of Judah and Benjamin. And when he had taken, yeah, which he had taken into the mountains of Ephraim, and he restored the altar of the Lord that was before the vestitube of the Lord. So before he called the people to pray, he began to remove the obstacles, uh, that things that were stopping them from praying, the idols. What would be an idol today? In 2022, January, uh, what would be an idol in our lives? You see, basically, an idol is anything in your life 
that comes before God. It could be TV. It could be, for me, it could be Arsenal. But, <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> you know, or it could be something else. It could even be your grandkids. I love my grandkids so much. You know what's been said, haven't you? If I knew grandkids were so much fun, I would have had them first. I'm sure you've heard that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I love lots of things, but um, I don't want anything in my life to come before God. If it does, it's an idol. And so he removed the abominable idols. He repaired the altar of the Lord, which speaks of, you know, a place where God meets with man and man meets with God. And um, he called the whole nation to seek God. And it, was, uh, it went right across the nation. And verse 12 is an incredible verse. They actually didn't, didn't just say come to the prayer meeting. They entered into a covenant. This was a very serious commitment that they would seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul. And everyone came to the prayer meeting and they cried out to God. There are many instances in Scripture where kings and leaders have called people to prayer and things have changed. You know, in further down in 2 Chronicles 20, there's Jehoshaphat. And similar, similarly, he gets a prophetic word, but he's surrounded by his enemies. And the whole of Judah could have been annihilated. Everyone could have been murdered, and they would have burned the buildings, etc. And he began to pray, and he called the nation to fasting and prayer. And when they responded, God gave them a prophetic word, which was the battle belongs to the Lord. And they followed the strategy and the whole of Judah was delivered. And you see this happening again and again and again throughout Scripture. But I've also seen it happen in my own life. You know, with my, I, I've, I've got three grown-up children. My oldest son, John, uh, he was in prison twice for drunk driving. And uh, he went right away from the Lord from about the age of 16 to about the age of 30. And we prayed for him a lot, daily. Uh, we would go and visit him in Birmingham where he was. And my daughter also, one of my daughters went away from the Lord. And uh, we prayed for them, you know, daily, week after week, month after month, and year after year. It was sometimes crying and fasting. And the Lord touched them. And they're both back with the Lord now, serving the Lord. And John is actually a Christian leader now. So, uh, you know, I have tasted the sweet fruit of answered prayer. And when you've tasted it, you, you wouldn't want to be without it. For me, the highest priority of my life is to spend time with God each day. You know, and um, it's my, my main priority. And I, I want to challenge everyone uh, under the sound of my voice here and, and um, you know, through the, uh, what's going on on TV. Uh, to make a commitment today, a fresh commitment that you will be a man, a woman, a young person that will seek the Lord on a daily basis. That you will give time. You know, for me, I found it very difficult initially when God was speaking to me to spend an hour with him. This was before I was in the ministry. And I found it very difficult. And uh, I was a night person, not a morning person. And I found it very difficult to get up in the morning to pray. So I would pray at night. And uh, I set myself a target of praying one hour a day. I was 25 years old. I just got married to Denise. And I was trying to pray an hour a day. But frequently I heard this sound. <laughs> as I dozed off. <laughs> like I said, that's not groaning in the spirit. It's called snoring. 
And uh, I, I fell asleep so many times. But I kind of persisted for about, you know, six weeks. And by the end of six weeks, I was spending an hour with God. That's before I went to Bible school and before I felt the call into the ministry. And my life changed. I could honestly say my life changed dramatically. You know, I uh, before I was a Christian, I, I was a tennis player. I used to play on the tennis circuit. Sorry about Djokovic. But, um, and, uh, you know, that was my whole life. It, it was an idol in my life, tennis. I loved tennis more than anything else. And then, uh, long story short, I began to suffer with depression and insomnia. And uh, really, I felt the bottom had fallen out of my life and uh, I had nothing to live for. And I contemplated suicide. But these words came into my head. Seek and you will find. There were words that I heard uh, growing up in, in a Catholic setting. Seek and you will find. And, and I knew they were the words of Jesus. So I began to seek. I began to knock on doors. I would try anything. I tried transcendental meditation, Hare Krishna. I mean, they, they freaked me out. And I thought, that's not for me. Uh, and uh, I tried all kinds of things. I looked into religions. I went to the library. The last place where I expected to find the answer was... Um, I'm trying to see how long I've been speaking for. My watch is playing up. <laughs> Pray over it. Uh, you know, I, I, I began to search everywhere to find the answer. And uh, I was encouraged when once in my room uh, a presence came in for about five minutes. And uh, I felt like God was in the room. And uh, after that, I decided not to commit suicide. And I kept seeking until I found, actually found God in a church in Luton, in an Anglican church. And um, it was a church that Colin Urquhart used to pastor. And uh, the, the Holy Spirit touched me during a service, changed my life. I was healed of insomnia, healed of depression. Just sitting there in the service, I was healed. Nobody touched me. And my life completely changed, and that's when I felt a call to the ministry. But, you know, I've always felt God calling me to prayer. I did not know that God would give me the assignment of calling other people into prayer. I do believe that's something that God has asked me to do. Uh, as I travel to many different places, I feel, uh, you know, the burden to call people into the place of prayer. If you decide today to aim to spend an hour with God on a daily basis, you will never be the same again. You know, in London, we have lots of meetings. And uh, sometimes, you know, there's lots of churches all around. And sometimes you see a, a, like a little leaflet, and it says, come in here, Reverend so-and-so, so-and-so, and you'll never be the same again. That's what they say on some of the leaflets. Well, you go to those meetings, and you hear Reverend so-and-so, so-and-so, and you're the same again. A few days later, you're exactly the same as you always were. But I promise you that if you aim to spend quality and quantity time alone with the Lord on a daily basis, you will never be the same again. And if you are, contact Jonathan. <laughs> no, but I'm serious. I, I do believe that you will never be the same again. Now, as a pastor, I have seen it happen in people's lives again and again. I've seen it happen in my wife's life. I've seen it happen in my children's life. I've seen it happen in the lives of numerous people, even in different countries of the world, when they commit to spend that quality time with the Lord 
they never regret it. And uh, may it not be a chore, may it be something that you actually uh, enjoy and appreciate. Many Christians face numerous problems because they do not take time to seek the Lord. You know, a great Christian leader said this. He said, God has created us in such a way that we need to know the purpose and benefit of something if we're going to be motivated to do it. Can I say that again? God has created us in such a way that we need to understand the purpose and the benefit of something if we're going to be motivated to do it. You know, why would a person study for hours when they're doing their O-levels or A-levels or going for a degree? Because they see the purpose of it and the benefit of it. You know, we are not motivated to pray. I know I lost my motivation in Bible school. I studied prayer and intercession. I got good marks. But I did not understand the whys and wherefores of prayer. I did not understand the benefits of spending time with God, how I would benefit from it, and what happens when you pray and what does not happen when you don't spend quality time with God. And, uh, you know, when I began to see that, I was motivated. You know, in 2 Chronicles 26 verse 5, uh, King Uzziah, it says this about King Uzziah in 2 Chronicles uh, 26 verse 5. It says there that he set himself to seek God in the days of Zechariah who instructed him in the fear of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. King Uzziah, it said as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. And I read that and quoted it many, many times. And then, you know... Um, I thought, well, why does it say as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper? And, and I, I read the, the verses further down, and I, I hear that he became proud, and he became arrogant, and he, he suffered with leprosy, and eventually he didn't prosper because he stopped seeking God. You know, and that, I believe that is true as long as you seek the Lord. You know, as a Bible school principal, sometimes when I'm teaching on prayer, I ask the students, the new students, how many of you believe that God loves you more when you pray? And uh, about 50% of them will put their hands up as new students. And I said, God doesn't love you any more when you pray. He loves you even if you don't pray. But you're the one that benefits when you spend quality time with him. See, God loves you even if you don't eat. But if you don't eat, you'll die. God loves you even if you don't sleep. But you need sleep. If you don't sleep for long enough, you will die. And when you spend quality time with God on a regular basis, there's certain things that percolate into your life that don't come any other way. And I've often said this. I've heard some of the greatest speakers in the world, you know, speak. I wish this watch would work properly. Uh, and I'm trying to work out exactly how much time I've got. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, and, um, you know... When you spend that quality time with the Lord, there's certain things that percolate into your life. I've heard some of the greatest speakers in the world, you know, on TV and live. I've heard some of my, uh, you know, favorite speakers that I've admired and I've listened to them. But nobody gives me what Jesus gives me when I'm alone with him. No great preacher can substitute. No sermon can substitute. The thing that, that Christ gives me when I spend time alone with him. And you will find that too. If you've not been doing it on a regular basis, uh, I want to challenge you. Because it will take you into a dimension of relationship with the Lord that is much deeper than anything you've ever experienced. I've experienced that. And I've seen it happen 
with many other people. Now, one of the reasons why people are not motivated to pray is because they don't understand the benefits of prayer. Remember that quote? God has created us in such a way that we need to understand the purpose and the benefit of something if we're going to be motivated to do it. Here are some of the benefits of prayer. In prayer, we meet God and get to know him. Prayer is more than talking to God. Prayer is more than talking to God and listening to God. Prayer involves worship. Prayer involves petitioning. Prayer involves uh, uh, spiritual warfare. There's a dimension of prayer where you take authority over the powers of darkness and bind them and tell them to stop what they're doing. See, God wants good things for you. I know that's a kind of an understatement. But the devil does not want good things for you. And as long as you are living on this planet, you are living in a place where two kingdoms are clashing. The kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. And the devil does not want anything good for you. I'm not devil-centered. I don't think about the devil all the time. But I'm aware, like Paul, that he exists. And Paul refers to him and says, you know, be careful that you don't succumb to the wiles of the devil. Put on the whole armor of God. Take up the shield of faith that you may be able to quench all the fiery darts of the evil one. So we need to be aware that sometimes it's not God that is doing certain things in our life. Sometimes it is, but sometimes it's the devil. And God has given us authority to speak to him. He said that. In Luke 10, 19, Behold, I've given you authority to tread upon scorpions and serpents and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. And through prayer and the word, we are strengthened to overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil. In prayer, we receive direction for our lives. You know, through prayer, our faith is quickened. Jesus is called the author and the finisher of our faith. Numerous times I've gone into prayer feeling that this is an impossible situation. And when I come out of the time of prayer, I think it's not impossible. God's going to change it. And that's one of the benefits of prayer. You, your faith is quickened. It comes alive. You receive revelation, power, victory, uh, confidence, a sense of well-being. I feel sorry for Christians who are so busy that they don't spend quality time with the Lord. Because they're living more in the minus than they are in the plus. God wants the best for you. And uh, one great preacher said this. He said, when you spend quality time alone with the Lord, you go into your room and shut the door, and you spend time with the Father there. He said, if you do that regularly, daily, he said, you get a suntan. S-O-N-T-A-N. That regular communion with God percolates into you, and you begin to change on the inside. There is no substitute for that, you know. So I believe in personal prayer, family prayer, corporate prayer, interchurch prayer, denominational prayer, national prayer, global prayer. But the most important aspect of prayer is your prayer life. That's where the rubber hits the road. So I want to encourage you today to receive the grace of God and make a commitment to spend quality time alone with him on a daily basis and make that the highest priority of your life. You will never regret it. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you that for the privilege of being able to share your word today. I thank you for everybody in this building and everyone under the sound of my voice. I ask you to release your grace now over our lives to make a fresh commitment commitment to commune to you, commune with you on a daily basis. 
You said, go into your room and shut the door. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And then you said, when you pray, say, give us this day our daily bread. I thank you, Lord. You want to deposit something into our lives every day. Yesterday's gone. Tomorrow hasn't come. But I thank you, Lord, you can bring the influence of your spirit upon our lives and families and loved ones on a daily basis as we commune with you. So release your grace over our lives now, I pray. You know, maybe you have a great prayer life or maybe you would like to make a fresh commitment to prayer. Maybe you've been struggling, maybe you haven't been struggling, but if you want to make a fresh commitment to prayer, I want to pray for the grace of God to come on your life, to be able to do that from this day onwards. And if you'd like to do that, I'd just like you to, if you could just stand where you are, and we're going to pray. Thank you, Lord. Just open your hearts to the Lord. If you want to lift your hands, lift your hands, or just open your hearts to the Lord, and let's receive his grace. Can we say this together, Heavenly Father, I thank you that you love me. And I thank you, Lord, you value fellowship with me. I want to make a fresh commitment today as I receive your grace to spend quality time with you on a daily basis. Lord, forgive me for the times I've been prayerless. And for the times I haven't trusted you. But I receive your grace freely now. To become a person of prayer. Help me with this decision. And may I never be the same again. Just receive that grace from him now. Thank you Holy Spirit. For touching our lives afresh. I thank you for this church, Lord. Thank you for the ministers and all the workers in this church and all the attenders. I pray that this church will be a house of prayer for the nations. You said, Lord, if it's my house, it must be a house of prayer. So I thank you for blessing this church and using this great church in even a greater way in the future because of more prayer. Much prayer, much power. Little prayer, little power. No prayer, no power. Power for what? To overcome sin, to overcome Satan, and to overcome self. So I thank you, Lord, for what you've done. And I thank you, Lord, for what you will do. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. It's a miracle. I don't believe I've kept the time.